Welcome to the All Souls Episcopal Parish in Berkeley's Sermon Podcast. Today is the fourth Sunday after Pentecost, and we hear from the Reverend Phil Brichard as he preaches from the lectionary, which was Luke chapter 10, verses 1 to 11 and 16 to 20. As always, you can find more information about All Souls or more sermons from All Soulsians on our homepage, which is allsoulsparish.org. Dr. Christine Trost recently found herself searching for a retired member of Congress. And to be more specific, for a retired member of Congress who is a Republican and who would be willing to speak to groups of students at the University of California, Berkeley. It turns out that the, the list for those folks is not as long as one would hope. Christine, a longtime All Soulsian, serves as the executive director of the Matsui Center for Government and Politics. And the Matsui Center was created to engage people on all parts of the political spectrum and to honor Robert Matsui, a congressman from Sacramento and a Cal grad who made a practice of reaching across the aisle. And every year, a recently retired member of Congress is invited in an effort to invigorate the intellectual life of the campus. And they come for a public talk, they have meetings with students, they sit in on classes. And consistent with Bob Matsui's vision of politics, each year they alternate inviting Democrats and Republicans. When March of 2022 came around, and with the political divisions of our nation at such high levels, it was time to invite a Republican, and Christine was not sure who would come to Cal to speak. And then she was put in touch with a former representative from South Florida, Representative Ileana Ross Leitonen. Now, who, for those who aren't familiar with Representative Ross Layton, and she was the first Latina ever elected to Congress in 1989. She served the House of Representatives for 30 years and left as the highest-ranking Republican woman in the House. And Representative Ross Layton was thrilled to come and wanted to meet as many students as possible. And so it was scheduled and publicized, and that's when it got complicated. Because as part of her visit, she was invited to speak with a group on campus, but when word got out, some students mobilized, and because of a previous stance she had taken on Venezuela while chair of the Foreign Affairs Committee, the students protested and refused to have her come as a speaker for their group. So, it's fair to say that when Representative Ross Layton was about to speak in an undergraduate course on public policy in the United States, Christine had, well, some anxiety. <laughs> How would this representative of the U.S. Congress be received? Would there be space for her to speak? 
is this notion of listening to those who differ from us even a viable practice anymore? Today we pick up in Luke's gospel where we left off last week. Jesus and the disciples are expanding their message throughout Galilee, and Jesus now sends out his students in pairs with an urgent teaching. Proclaim peace, cure the sick, and proclaim that the kingdom, the realm of God, is near to them which on the surface sounds pretty great. Peace, wholeness, God come near. Who wouldn't want this? Well, from our story, it's pretty clear. And Jesus knows that some of his students, perhaps many of them, will be rejected. And remember, this story follows Jesus telling the disciples when they are rejected earlier, they can't burn the village down as much as they might want to. So this expectation of rejection is not surprising. And it may feel somewhat familiar to those here today. What do you do when you offer your best to a person and they reject you? You come offering peace, and it is pushed away. How do you not burn them down? How do you continue on? It's my sense that many of us carry around this uh, fear that we will offer ourselves and we will be rejected, and that we spend a good portion of our lives trying to protect ourselves from it. And that this fear is enough to stop us and keep us in our camps. Now that fear is not unfounded. But the incredible part of this teaching is that God's peace remains with us even when that happens. Even when others cannot take part in the realm of God, the peace of God remains. And we have permission to leave behind the stuff that sticks to us even as we walk away. Right? That's what the, the dust from your feet means. I think it means letting go of the pain of having our offer of peace rejected. Because if we constantly carried around all of the rejections that we have felt, we're going to be weighed down pretty quickly. And we're not going to be able to offer, let alone share in the peace that the kingdom and the realm is known by. Back in Berkeley a couple of months ago, Representative Eliana ross Leitonen reflected on her time in Congress and uh, told her life story as a refugee from Cuba. And the students were uh, able to ask anything they wanted. 
She was very honest with them. Now, uh, it should be said that most of the students in the room were rocking a body posture of deep skepticism. I mean, she's a Republican. And she's also a trailblazing former member of Congress. So they were curious, but very, very cautious. And it's important to remember that these students in their late teens to early 20s haven't had much, if any, experience of bipartisanship in this country. They've been politically socialized in an age of hyper-partisanship and politicization, where there is little room to see any good in the person that sits across the aisle. But partway through the class, Christine noticed a shift in the room. One of the students had asked a question about Representative Ross Leitonen's vote for the Defense of Marriage Act. Many years ago, she had voted for it. But then later on in her career, she had changed her mind. The student wanted to know how had that transformation come about. So Representative Ross Leitonen shared about her son who is transgender about how she started hearing more and more stories of her LGBTQ plus constituents and how she ended up becoming an advocate for gay marriage and how people can change over time. And she talked about how things between Democrats and Republicans worked in the past, how they can work in the future. And for many students, it was the first time that they encountered a Republican who thinks like that, and something in the room began to shift. And so I've had this on my heart this week, and I've also had on my heart the first story we heard this Sunday from Second Kings. An almost unbelievable story of the healing of an enemy. Now, just a slice of the backstory: the Arameans to the north have been threatening Israel militarily. And so what we hear in the beginning of this passage about the capture of uh, a young Israelite girl in a border raid is just one piece of evidence of that threat. So when the king of Israel receives this request from the king of Aram that his military general be healed, it is not surprising that the king of Israel rends his clothes. Because this general, Naaman, was a symbol of the suffering of his people. So you have to wonder, is this a trap? And even if it isn't, how can I guarantee his healing? For God's sake, this man is my enemy. But Elisha hears of it. And it would have been completely understandable if Elisha had simply said, the God of Israel will heal you once you stop oppressing our people. And yet Elisha, prophet of the Lord, still agrees to heal Naaman. So what are we to do with this teaching? 
especially in a country that has drawn bright red and blue lines across itself. And a nation that is so divided that talk of secession is coming from the right and from the left. We can begin by allowing that there is shared humanity. There is an image of God even in the person that I deeply disagree with. Right? We can begin there because Elisha didn't stop being a prophet of the God of Israel. And while Naaman became a worshiper of God, he did not stop becoming a general of Aram's army. But each recognized something in the other. And they recognize the idea that you can build trust with people you don't agree with or who don't agree with you. And that is radical. As in, to the root of our faith, then and now. At the end of the class on public policy, from a room that was deeply skeptical came appreciation and applause. Many of the students stayed to talk with Representative Ross Leitonen. Some even wanted their picture with her. And in that, something almost miraculous in our day and age happened as these students acknowledged the humanity in this perceived enemy, a human being who admitted she was wrong, who acted in another way, and common ground was found. Now, she still takes positions that many of these students deeply disagree with. She's still a Republican. She's not a liberal progressive. Turns out she's a complex human. She's pro-life and voted for Obamacare and got attacked by Donald Trump. But in the offering of peace and in the stories of healing, the realm of God came near. You see, the realm of God isn't something that is constructed. It's something that's revealed, participated in. And it's a realm that is known through relationship. It comes near when we understand and act from our relatedness. So we, you and I, we have to be courageous. We don't have to agree with people but we do have to choose to offer peace to them. For nothing less than the peace of the world and the healing of the nation awaits it.